If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. We are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. If you listen to the Flatbed Podcast, you'll know we don't ask you for a whole lot. But here's what I will ask: if you could rate and review the podcast, it actually makes a significant difference in helping us get in front of the eyes of people who may not have found us yet. Rate and review the podcast. It would help us tremendously. It is a new day at the Flatbed Podcast. Let me tell you what I'm doing to tell you how it affects you. We are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the, on the podcast. Instead of being stiff or formal, um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio. Uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like, go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, And I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but... Uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas, so... Um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is, honestly, even if it was doing nothing but funding my rock star recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The Flatbed Podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality, it's brought to you by other people. In the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast, there are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. So part of what I do um, with the podcast is I answer a lot of social media questions or text messages from people asking questions about the products that we stand behind or that stand behind us. Um, I don't know what I can say about equinity that hasn't already been said, um, but one of the questions I get is like, okay, all right, but like for real, but actually, you know, what, what, what's it actually do? And here's, here's my answer. It is the thing that you pour into your overall program with what you're feeding, the exercise, the worming, the things that you're already doing. And Equinity is the thing that goes in and fills the cracks using a natural program that the horse is already equipped with. The pituitary gland is sort of like the gauge system or the gauge program within the horse's body that tells it when it needs what it needs. And this goes in and benefits that. Better better joint health, uh, amino acid in the muscles, things like that. You get a calmer horse that's more willing to go to work. Um, you can check them out at teamequinity.com, teamequinity.com. And like I said, we spend all this time and all this effort on our horse and equinity is the thing at an affordable price point, by the way, that you can put through your horse's system that fills in all the cracks and you end up with a better, well-rounded animal to go do what you need to do. So check them out, teamequinity.com. For the sake of time, we're gonna forego the bonus episode. And let me tell you why you should be grateful. It's a series of stupid questions to kind of just get warmed up. Okay. For the sake of time, we're just gonna skip that. So. 
You're welcome. Good. I'm only good at true and false questions anyways. Okay, true or false, pockets, the greatest calf roping horse that's ever lived? Uh, false. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I can't now, say no. that because then Cody Old will be writing on Instagram that you just said you were good at true. true and false, and now you're zero for one on true and false questions. I'm doubting it. I just said that's my best. Okay. So who are some other candidates? If not Pockets, then who? I mean, you can't say that he's the best because there's been a lot of him? great horses. Yeah. If you didn't own him, and he was someone else's horse, and he had that same career, best best calf horse of all time. Um, say you're bragging like who's one of your buddies at rodeos? Marty. Take. Marty owns Pockets and has had the exact same career on him that you've had on him. Someone asked you, is Marty's calf horse the best horse of all time, you would say? I don't know. Because Marty, like, Marty has Buster, one of the best. I've, I've rode him a lot. No. And I can't say that my horse is better than his. However, Buster. however, best run to best run is not how you compare it, right? It's not his best run to Pockets' best run. Yeah. It's the career, the longevity. Yeah. The durability, all that goes into the factors. I'm saying it. Since you won't commit. He's a good horse. <laughs> he was the best horse for me. There you go. Perfect. So I remember way back in the day, a little bay horse that you had that would maybe move to the left a little bit. Like, it wasn't like, from my memory, now you were younger than I was. From my memory, I don't remember you being like, on the best horses your entire life. It uh-huh. was almost like you rode good enough to kind of survive whatever you got on. Yeah, I Would mean, you agree I with that? Uh, yeah, I couldn't afford a good horse. That bay that you're talking about, I actually paid like 22000 for, and that was like retarded amount of money. I was yeah. like, holy shit. And I, wrote, I actually rode him a little bit my rookie year, but, I mean, I just never could afford good horses. Not a horses. bad horse. Listen, not a bad horse. And uh, No, but I actually paid 50000 for pockets in 2015. And I was broke. I got hurt in 14, had no money, sold every horse I owned just to live for a year while I couldn't rope. And then I bought him for 50000 I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do now? And How then, many days did you go without sleeping after you wrote that check? <laughs> a lot because I bought him in February, and the first check I won on him was in April at Logandale. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell did I just do? I just bought this horse for 50000 I thought it was the greatest horse ever, and now I can't win on him. And uh, we just went out to California, scored them out, run them down, jerked crap out of them, and started tying them up, and it started clicking then. That's kind of a similar deal like this year with Shane on the horse he bought from Adam. It took till yeah. like the longer scores to get with him, and then you know then yeah. it turns around. So. That's a good horse too. I mean, I rode that horse at the two, whatever you want to call them, Tour Finale, Pialup, and uh, Sioux Falls, and yeah. that's a freaking cool horse. I hate that he got hurt. Uh, we actually all watched it happen. He went to stop and hung a back leg, kind of stuck in the dirt and just didn't slide at all and didn't look good, but he walked off from it. I never thought anything about it till the third round. He was getting Medjid's horse ready, and I was like, what the hell, you already give up on Bugsy? And he's like, no, he's crippled, so that sucks. Is there any word on ballpark what re- return uh, time would be? I think he just strained a suspension. Just a little yeah, something I mean, small. he'll be back, yeah. yeah. So growing up where you grew up, you've got a brother that ropes left-handed. And right-handed. He ropes right-handed too? He ropes calves left-handed and heads and heels right-handed. What? Yeah. Why would, why? Well, because he just roped left-handed forever and roped calves and then I was, and he healed left-handed, but then he was like, I want a head. So at, I don't know, he was probably 12 or 13. He just trained himself to rope right-handed and catch horns. And he actually heads really good now. People don't know that's one of your hidden talents also. It's a very frustrating hidden talent for some <laughs> yeah. of us that do team rope when a calf roper just makes it look that easy. It's a very frustrating situation. No, yeah, team roping drives me crazy. It's just the amount of practice that these guys that make the NFR every year put into it, I'm like, you can't compete with that. I mean, they run right. 80 to 100 steers a day and just get after it all day, every day, and I ain't got time to do that. So I was just like, if I ain't going to be, you know, I ain't going to put myself in the situation to be really good at it why even do it so i just kind of give up on it years ago moment of honesty did you see an advantage to your left-handed brother roping calves because it was the thing that would keep your horses working straight was there ever a conversation (laughs) where you said man i think this left-handed thing is your deal i think you just need to stick with it no i it's just such a struggle to rope calves left-handed i mean obviously because you just there's been very few guys make the finals and make a living doing it and 
it's just it's a really a disadvantage to rip calves left-handed i don't encourage anybody if you want to be a professional calf roper to try it out left-handed well, I mean, the people that wouldn't haven't roped calves maybe wouldn't know that they break the calves and they always time on their on their left sides yep. constantly left side left side left side a lot of times those left-handed guys the first time that calf's ever hit on his right side oh, yeah they're going to get kicked more often because it's absolutely. a different feel of that calf. There's there's some there's some real disadvantages. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely, it's like I said, it's a disadvantage. Uh, yeah, if you're going to want to be a calf roper at a high level at a very young age, figure it out right handed. Right handed. Don't. Did you do left handed? Obviously, wanting to rope calves and stuff growing up, being from a rodeo family. Did you see an exit ramp in advance? What I'm saying by that is. Did you know early that you didn't want to rodeo for the rest of your life, or did you have any plans beyond rodeoing, or was it just zero to get there growing up? Yeah, no, I mean, I never thought past rodeoing. All I thought about was rodeoing, and, um, you know, when it hit me that maybe I can do this professionally and at a high level, um, I mean, I never looked past it. I just wanted to make the NFR. That was that was just a dream. I never thought about being a world champion or thought about you know making the nfr 10 times or whatever i just wanted to make it once you know i thought that was pretty cool was there a day because i think a lot of kids grow up with that same dream that it doesn't go that route they end up with jobs which is a respectable life uh doing things that go a different direction all things that are fine a very select few people have that dream and actually get to see it turn into what it is yeah do you remember a day or a specific moment where you went hey i think this actually could I think I actually might be one of the guys. Um, yeah, when I won my first school buckle. I mean, I was just living a... Never before that. Man, i tell you, I'll take that back. So that year, 15, about the sixth round, and I come into this, been hurt all of 14, zero money, like just glad to be back at the NFR and just wanting to rope. Well, and, and being broke, you can't really think about the significance. You're too yeah. busy trying to pay your bills. Yeah. I mean, there's you're not really stopping to think about things like legacy or anything like yeah, that because no. you're like, I got to get home. Yeah, no, I mean, I just wanted to enjoy roping again. And I don't remember what round it was. It was probably the fifth or sixth round. And I had won, won the third round, I think, and been placing pretty good. And I clicked on the projected world standings on my phone, walking to my trailer it was like probably the sixth round, seventh round maybe, and my name was at the top, Caleb Smith. And I was like, and I literally just stopped and was like, there's no way. Like, Did you cry? No. I mean, I just sat there and was like, this is unreal that if it ended right now, I'd be the world champion. And never once, I mean, when you make the finals, obviously you think about it. But right. it's never, for me, it was never. It's never on the inside. The, I'm going to win the world this year. Right. Like. There's no way around it. That is what I want. Like, I just want to rope, win money, support my family, and, you know, be good at this. Yeah. That's all I want. Right. And when I seen that, it was just, it was like, wow, like, this is real life. The but, first gold buckle you won, was that the year that Trevor roped a tail in the tent? Was that yeah. your first one? Yeah. So I, I'm curious about that one specifically because you do win a gold buckle, but even up until the last run on the last round, the last calf of the year, yeah. it still didn't look like it was going to fall your way. Yeah. The 10th round, all Trevor's got to do is just catch, yeah. time down, and it's Trevor yeah. who, that might be the only mistake he's ever made in a situation yeah. like that. So, what's funny is, I was doing, and through like the 7th and 8th round, like, it was, I was placing, doing good, still on top, and then the ninth round is when he went 6-5. And Justin Moss calls me, and he's like, what do you think? And I said, well, I think I'm going to finish second if Trevor keeps down him in six. Like, right. I'm cool with that. Like, right. win the average. I'm winning the average going into the 10th round. And all Trevor has to do is time down. And I remember I go, I think, seven, nine, eight flat, 10th round, winning third or fourth. And all Trevor has to, he's winning second in the average, I think. Just get her tied down under, you know, 10, 11 seconds. And I remember Shane Hanchi came up to me and he was like, man, awesome week he said no matter what happens right here he said you're badass and i was like i'm cool with that and then for trevor brazil to mess up i don't know what i did but uh he did well, but, figure but I, guess, the tail. I, I guess that's what's my point it's like if somebody's gonna win the world you for those of you guys who don't know about bales hay let me just tell you it has changed the way that i feed alfalfa i feed so much less hay 
Um, part of that's with my partnership with Unbeatable, which by the way, check them out also, but I feed less of it because it's so dense. It's such high quality stuff. It flakes off in like little bitty flakes. It's, I, I've joked every single commercial, it feels like something you would eat yourself. It just has that deep, rich smell. It's very leafy, great, great quality stuff. But they also have a storefront there in Buckeye. Um, you can check it out. It's down there on uh, on Highway 85 uh, in Buckeye. They're now an ADM Mormons feed dealer, which means not only can you go get the best hay in Arizona, you can also get all types of feed for and hay for all kinds of animals. Uh, the Mormons, you can check it out. The Mormons feed all the things that they bring. So not only is it the best hay, not only can they deliver, not only is the best quality hay I've ever fed, you can also go check them out at their storefront in Buckeye and pick up Mormons feed, kind of a one-stop shop thing. Check them out, baleshay.com. The update that has cost me almost the sanity of my brain, almost the function of my phone, and has taken so much time away from my day. That sounds negative, but it isn't. Everybody wants to know, how's the Pro Series lights? I got them in. Andy, on his way back from Vegas, stopped and installed them up here at the arena. You guys, these Pro Series lights from Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. Holy cow. They live up to the hype. We rode the other night until about uh, maybe about 1 o'clock. And we get done and we realize I was talking to my buddies because we still have some of the thousand watts uh, supplementing the fee that they brought out. And we get done and I go, hey, we never turn the thousand watt lights up. We roped the entire time with our thousand watt lights on dim because the Pro Series lights are doing such a good job. Uh, if you've waited, if you've been kind of kicking around, I don't know, solar, maybe, I don't know. I will post pictures also, but the update is this. They are amazing. You will not be disappointed. Check them out. Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. You want to hear the coolest story coming out of Wickenburg this winter? Because I've got it. The 1017 Project, uh, the Flatbed Podcast, Downtown Arena, Rancho Rio, Roper Nation, and the town of Wickenburg are all partnering. You heard me right. All of those, all of those entities are partnering to put food in the food bank through the team ropings. So what we're doing is we've started the We Heart Wickenburg series this winter. Uh, all the podcast sponsors, I've got boxes from Aquinity, I've got boxes from Cinch, I've got boxes from Equibrand. Uh, Ranch and Solar Lighting has donated a set of arena lights. Unbeatable Feed has an entire truckload of feed that they have donated to the We Heart Wickenburg series. The first one's going to be November 10th. And what we're going to do is we're going to use the money raised at those events to put hamburger into the food banks here in Wickenburg. Uh, Christy Henson has an entire team of people assembled um, to distribute the, make sure that, hey, listen, listen to this number. They said that 70% of the kids in the Wickenburg school district are on food assistance, which means we have got this tremendous food insecurity uh, situation in the heart of the team rope and capital of the world. And so everybody's coming together, we're partnering to eradicate that. Shout out to the 1017 Project for the work that they're doing, helping organize it, the sponsors, the arenas, the producers. Coolest story ever. And you go, how can I get involved? November 10th is the first one. We're going to give out tons of little trinkets and prizes and things like that. It's going to be at Downtown Arena. Shout out Mike and Karen Fuller. Anyway, cool story coming out of Wickenburg. Be a part of it. It's just a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a feel-good thing, and it actually is making a difference. The ropings will still have the regular payout. If you win the rope and you still win the money, the fundraiser is what is uh, what is made that day will go to put hamburger in the food bank. So you don't have to enter the rope and then donate everything you win or anything like that. It's still just a regular team roping. Well, but, but I, guess, I, I guess that's what's my point. It's like if somebody's going to win the world, usually they have a pretty good sense before it's all over. You literally, it was not, it was no, not I favor mean, Caleb until... That run, and then yeah. all of a sudden it all comes. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. it it's, to expect Trevor Brazil to mess up for a go buckle is not happening. Does not happen. Does round. not ever I mean, happen. if he's got to go seven flat, yeah, right. anything can happen. But, I mean, he was, I told him on the interview, I just literally battled it out and beat my hero. Right, right. But. So life goes the way that it goes. For the sake of time, I'll try not to keep you forever, but. I asked you on the way down here. I'm like, everybody's talking retirement. Is that a rumor? Is that real? <laughs> it's 100% real. I'm done. I'm over it. Is it more being done with what you were doing or being more excited for what you want to do? Does that question make sense? Are you yeah. quitting what you don't want to do anymore or are you just excited about what you're ready to start doing? Kind of both. You know, uh, when you have a family and kids that are seven, four, and two now that are just getting into everything and want to do everything and 
they cry when you leave for the summer, you know, or leave to go to a rodeo one weekend and call you and, are you coming to my game? Are you coming to this? And you're just like, no, I'm at a stupid rodeo. Yeah. And it just, it wears on you. And I finally, you know, usually in the summers, I'm pretty excited to leave, you know, just yeah, to right. go rodeo. It's fun. Get out of here. You get to rope for the amount of money you get to rope for and go to all these rodeos. And this year I was just... I didn't want to leave. I was. I could have said, you know what, I'm done. I'm not even going. But I'd already kind of committed to it, so I did, and it was miserable. And I just that was confirmation for me. You know, I've prayed about it for years. You know, God just show me when it's time for yeah, me to hang it up. Right. And don't this, let me miss the exit. Yeah, this whole year was just solid confirmation to not roping very good, to having to leave, and just having to. I haven't been to the Northwest rodeo since 2019 really yeah where do you go instead that time of year home. you're home yep in 19 well in 19 i didn't go in 20 was covid year they didn't have any of them in 21 and 22 i had enough one i had a hundred thousand so i just said screw it i'm going home i'm not going to stay out here my family can't go my kids start school and then this year i didn't have enough one so i had to go out there and it was so miserable I was like, why am I even here? I mean, every day I'd wake up and just, why am I doing this? You know, and it was just confirmation through the whole year. When a guy grows up wanting to rodeo, you've got your rodeo heroes. We've all got those, like, man, like that. Like, for yeah. me, when I was a kid, Sean McMullen walked on water, right? Yeah. In this phase where you're going into, what kind of men in your life are shaping the next phase. I don't know if that makes sense. Like when you want to rope, you have rodeo heroes, but when you want to go into retirement and the kind of person that you now want to be, as far as being a dad, being in business, who are the men that are shaping that, that you look to as far as advice, people that you call for stuff outside of the arena? Oh, my father-in-law, he's the greatest businessman I've ever. What's his name? Across. Bill Byler. Bill Byler. He owns a construction company in Houston and he, I mean, runs a business like you've never seen and just money and everything he's so smart about. And he's helped me so much through my career. He's never handed me a dollar, you know. He could give me whatever he wanted. I could drive around a Prevost, fly to every rodeo, whatever, you know, I wanted. But he's never handed me a dollar because that's the way you're supposed to be. If he just give me everything I wanted or anybody, yeah. You know, just give you this, give you that, and you just run around rodeoing. I mean, it's not a... Yeah, it cripples you. Yeah, I mean, you're not struggling. You're not trying to win. If you lose, it's just right. like, well, let's go to another one. You know, to right. me, when you lose, it's, I want to get better. Why did I do that? Just right. like we were talking about last night, my calf. I mean, not the best calf, but still I went 10, and I did a terrible job, and it pisses me off. You know, you right. just want to do the best. And when you just have stuff given to you, it's not the same, but I've always looked up to him for that, and just do you, he, he's there. He's the first person to help you out. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like right. when you need advice, or if you asked him for, I've never asked him for, you know, this or that. It's just he wants you to grow up and be a person and make it on your own, and that's how it's been. But as far as advice and making a living and doing the right thing, I mean. He's a, he's a man for that, and, I mean, he's taught me so much. And as, far, can, as far as guys that have retired from rodeoing that have the kind of life that you want yeah. to have, like the people you would show, go, okay, that guy's life was kind of like mine, and I see what he's done, and I want to do it kind of that way. Who yeah. do you see that's done this retirement exit well? well? I mean, I don't really know, you know. Uh, it's rare. Hey, it's, it's not rare. a common like, thing. I mean, Trevor Brazil is – the greatest cowboy ever and you know he's full-time retired from rodeoing but i'm gonna say he's still doing good you know with the horses and stuff but i'm just kind of walking away from the rodeo deal like going more towards you know just cattle and stuff like that so i don't really know of anybody that's done that i mean i don't really pay attention is this, a whole lot to stuff like that either is this so. full-on caleb rides off into the sunset we never see from you again because <laughs> you got a life that's not anywhere near a stage know. I, I don't know that part. Uh, as far as being back here, I'm probably going to go to three rodeos next year. Houston, Houston, the American, if I get in, and Calgary. What about so, the rodeo they just announced? The San Diego? Rock, no, the rock and roll kid rock thing. Have you heard about it? So here's uh, what I do know about I know very little, but here's what I do know about it. The coaches get to pick, and they can pick anybody. 
Yeah. They could go pick Bob that works at 7-Eleven. They can pick yeah. anybody they want. So you're obviously going to get recruited for that. Something like that comes up, you're open to something like that? Or would you say no? It depends. On. I mean, if you're asking, I don't know. If it's, it's one rodeo, May. yeah. It's in May. It's one rodeo. Yeah, one rodeo in May in Texas. Yeah, I'll show up. Me and Pockets, we'll be there. Sure. For enough money, you know, if it pays two twenty five hundred, probably not. What but. is what is? I want to get to your life in retirement, but but before I do, what is Pockets' retirement life going <laughs> to look like? What's his? What's his? Is he? I mean, just living in the pasture. He lives with a pony that's about two foot tall. Is that what happened to his tail? Looks just like him, short, <laughs> fat, and just that's where he just hangs out. I mean, I'll pull the shoes off of him and. That's where he'll live forever. No keeping him, like, legged up just to kind of keep him busy? or No, he needs a break anyways. How I've old is he? For, he's 16. I've rode him for nine years. Jeez. Every NFR except for my first one. And he's not crippled by no means. He has zero things wrong with him. He has just fluid in his knees from, you Wear know, tear jerking miles. the crap out of stuff every time. And he just... He just needs a break, and he deserves it more than anybody. Does he seem so. happy when he's turned out? Because I know some oh, yeah. horses, they get busy and kind of get into stuff. No, he just hangs out. He's good with it. Yeah, he's good with hanging out in his stall or pen. He me, stays turned out in the pasture. And, I'm looking way down the road because he's 16, but have you stopped to think about, like, he's going to get old. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on your place. Like, is that going to be hard to see a horse that's been that big a part of your life? No, because he deserves just to stand there. Anything that he needs, anything he, he wants. He doesn't owe me one thing as far as do I, I feel like I need to get him back and run some more calves on him. I've run thousands on him. I've run enough on him. He's He deserves every bit of never running another calf. If my kids want to rope on him one day, yeah, we'll probably get him back up. And he'll probably well, he's not really that, kid or sized. No, but he's so he's built straight downhill. Yeah. His head is never in your way. I mean, he's short-strided. Yeah. It's all get out, not long strided. He's like riding a pogo stick when you lope him around. <laughs> like it's miserable to lope around, but when he runs, he's so smooth, just glides across the ground and hauling ass. And yeah, he just how's he bred? He's a Jonathan Starlight, uh, which is out of Gray Starlight, and then on the bottom side, he's out of uh, Playful Pockets, a mare out of Freckles Playboy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so he'll be in the pasture. Just walk me through, and I know this is a projection, we're guessing, kind of, yeah. right? But Monday morning, you're retired, you walk out the door, you got a cup of coffee. What is the, what is the routine going to look like? What's the day, gonna, like, what's your life going to look like in retirement? So I'm surrounded by a feed yard, all four sides, a preconditioning yard of my father-in-law's. Just We run 1,800 head there year-round, and I'll be back there working. Uh, I already kind of do, um, but just back there helping them guys. And then I run 450 mama cows just around, just places around there. And um, What kind of cows? Just crossbred cows with Charlet Bulls. Like um, tiger stripe, white face cows? No, that's what? a rich man's cow. That Mine are just crossbred. I mean, we bought them for $950 to $1,000. When? In 2020. Oh. And literally just sold calves off of them that cost 1600 Yeah. I mean, you can't beat it with well a stick timed. right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just the cattle market's good. I was actually just signing, and a guy's like, hey, I hope the cattle market turns around. I was like, what are you talking about? Where what? Are you, where are you from? Right. Yeah, yeah. I hope it stays right where it's at. He's like got some local neighbor that's, like, giving him low dollars. Like, yeah, man, I wish this market turned around. He doesn't ever check the national market. or what, but you can't beat a freaking six-weight calf right now. I mean, it's just... It's silly, but it's well. In great. team roping, we've gotten I've gotten all not fully almost away from horn cattle. Like we rope a lot of muleys now because yeah. of that. You can rope them. You can keep them on full feed, and your oh, cattle yeah. are making you money right now. It's there's a lot of options yeah. when cattle. I don't are know. Maybe are. the market crashed while I've been out here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't paid attention. You're like, you're on Google. You're like, <laughs> yeah, Wait, what you happened? Might be right, but <laughs> when I left, it was pretty good. Right. Uh, but no, nah, I mean it's just it's straight cattle, and I have a lot of. Uh, stuff to look forward to in that and are you a dog fun. guy I enjoy it do what are you a dog guy no no dogs no dogs i have if we actually do a lot of you know day working and stuff but i have friends that i go with them and they got plenty they've of dogs got good and dogs stuff. but yeah i mean that's all you can use down there we're in a freaking trees right i mean it's all bay it's dogs not, it's not go get around and bring them up here because right. there's freaking thickets everywhere but it's uh 
Yeah, so what I mean, you're saying is it's easier like... to have friends with dogs than to own dogs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. <laughs> absolutely. Hobby-wise, because, like, rodeo is go, 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 and I know for a while the slowdown will probably be great, right? Oh, yeah. Are you concerned that it gets too routine? Are you a guy that gets bored? Or? No. I, if you follow me on any kind of Instagram or anything, I'm a big-time hunter. On uh, We have ranch in Uvalde and a ranch in Fort Stockton and hunt whitetail and uh, stuff in Uvalde. And then in Fort Stockton, we have uh, elk and all dad mule deer and stuff. So, no kidding. Oh, yeah. Free-range elk in Fort Stockton. Right there on the Glass Mountains. High fences? Nope. Free range. Yeah. What? Nobody believes that. But they brought them in years ago and introduced them down there at, right around the Glass Mountains, and they loved it. And then they migrated down there from New Mexico and stuff. And no way. everywhere. I mean, we don't have the herds of, like, 100. Right. Like they do in Colorado and stuff. But you can stuff, sneak around but, and get them. I mean, there's herds. I mean, you drive around our ranch for 30 minutes. If you don't see an elk, you're not looking what's the tag situation on something like that they're exotic they're shooting year around at night whenever you want no way. i can go out there and shoot a hundred if i want i mean it's crazy but big you, too. okay so now that you'll have the time do you think that you'll cultivate some of that like try to like manage that herd and take off the coals and things like that to oh, see yeah, it continue to grow and flourish yeah that's all we do that's i'm straight coal shooter i don't shoot many trophies yeah I, we do a lot of management and my father-in-law has a construction company, so he has a lot of customers and people they do work for all right. come down and we guide and stuff like that. We don't sell any hunts. It's all just company through his company yeah. and friends and family and stuff. So, and I knew there were owl dad that were free range out there, but oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know there was elk. Yeah, but. elk everywhere. South of Fort Stockton, through them glass mountains, down to Marathon, there's big elk. And you can feed, if they're exotics, you can feed them and kind of keep them on your yeah. place, right? We like, don't feed anything out there. Uh, no protein, no nothing. It's you don't like, have to? Like, they don't, what, there's not a concern that they'll just go somewhere else? No, because we just run cattle on We run yearlings on it during the summer. And, uh, like, the last two years, hadn't put nothing out there because it's been dry. And, you know, there's ranches around there that people live on and family own that they have to, you know, run cattle year-round. So we usually have a little more grass and yeah. a lot of people. And it's good country, so. We, they, so they're not they feeding them, but you are preserving kind yeah, of what's there and make sure you're not running They're out. everywhere. They're not leaving. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a big place. I mean, right. they're not going anywhere. As long as you don't overgraze it and make it turn into a desert, you right. know, they'll, they'll be there. So, so. Where you, from where you're at, how long does it take you to get to the ranch from your house? To when, Fort Stockton? Yeah. It's seven hours straight down I-10. I live 10 miles off I-10, and our ranch is 20 miles off I-10. So it would now be the time to invest like in a helicopter or like small airplane. I hate having to admit when I'm stupid, but I'm stupid. I had no idea, listen to this, I had no idea what a pole barn was. I thought I did, and maybe you think you do. You know, I thought of it as this big shed with wood structure and, and you know, maybe the tin goes halfway down or, you know, just, just sort of a, something you'd see a tractor or a four-wheeler park below under with a stack of hay. But I grew up in Texas, and so you don't build anything out of wood. Everything's pipe. So um, when I met Dan Scarborough, he said he was building pole buildings instantly. Instantly, this is the stupid part. I'm like, oh, a guy who throws up some little sheds. Go to, do me a favor, you go see how stupid I am. Go to roperbuildings.com and check out the gallery of what a pole barn actually is. This can be anything from a barn dominium. It can be a shed, but it can be a horse barn. It can be anything that you want to protect from the elements and no wood exposed to the sun. So, you know, my question was, what about here in Arizona? There were so many questions I had no clue. I had no clue what they were capable of. And Roper Buildings is not, no, I hope this is okay to say, Dan, it's not some mom and pop thing. Like this is one of the most premier building companies in the Western um, United States and has been for over two decades. You can check them out. Not only are they in central and southern Utah, they're in northern Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and now coming to Arizona. Uh, Dustin Searcy, who you met on the podcast, is going to be helping run things down here under under Dan. Wait until you see what's possible. They are engineered. They can be customized any way that you want it. You can build it the way that you want it. And you're dealing with people who have had decades of success in getting this right. So roperbuildings.com, check them out. And while you're there, check on the gallery and look at all that they're able to do. You guys, 
Times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date. You can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, oh, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com. The difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out. Ropingcalendar.com. So it would now be the time to invest like in a helicopter or like small airplane or like some sort of personal aircraft because like seven hours is a drive. No, we'll just drive. Uvalde's four hours. I mean, Sunday when I get home, I'm headed straight to Uvalde for a week, hunt. So got some buddies coming. And if you need me through the month of January, I'll be Leave a voicemail. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. But I enjoy doing that, you know, through all the winter months. And we do a lot of guiding and stuff. And then... In the summer, you know, I'm really looking forward to being home. I hadn't been home since 2014. Do you you think that what you're doing and the way that you're doing it sets a precedence in this sport? Not to over over emphasize what you're doing, but we've all seen the guy that left too late. And it's all we talked about on the way over here. It's almost like you get to see your heroes die on the battlefield, and then. Like, you don't want them to leave, you don't want them to leave, and then they don't leave, and you're like, oh, shoot, you probably should have left. Like, they do what you ask for, and then it goes bad. Do you think that what you're doing, like what Trevor did, guys that are stepping away, would you say it's your, you're close to your prime if you're not? I mean, it's not yeah, like I'm you. 34. Yeah, you're not, you're not like it. No. Struggling to, no. to be competitive. Do you think that starts to set the precedence in so much as the kid that's 17, 18 years old, he'll have rodeo dreams, but then he's like, man, I remember how that guy did it. Yeah. And I don't want to put myself in a position to stay out there too. Do you think about stuff like that at all? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things that I've struggled with and prayed about a lot is when I quit, when I say I'm done rodeo on, I don't want to come back in two years and right. be like, I got to make it again. I, no. I want another gold buckle. I want whatever. Right. And I've struggled with that for God to just say, listen, you know, here's your time. Like, we can do this together. Yeah. And I've had that clarity here this whole year because I've always talked about retiring you know, everybody does when you have a bad year or whatever, yeah. and just kind of mad at it for a little while. And I don't think anybody that rodeos doesn't talk about it at some point during yeah. every single year. But that's one thing that I've never wanted to do. I don't want to quit yeah. and say I'm done and then show back up in two years. And if I make it or not, you know, live with the embarrassment of I cracked back out and didn't make it or I did. And people would be like, well, hell, I thought he retired. Right. You know, so well, and and I finally have that clarity now to where I'm done. It's a and gift. Yeah. That's a gift because the guys that leave and come back, leave and come back. So many times it's an ego thing that says, I want to go out on my terms. And it's like, we had that chance five years ago. Yeah. But since you didn't take it, now Rodeon's done with you. And like yeah. you said, what a, it's an ego thing that gets them back out there. And ultimately their ego is what suffers in the end anyway. Yeah. It's just a, my heart goes out to people that struggle with that back and forth, like yeah. the anxiety or the stress that would go along with not being confident or sure. And so what you're saying, man, to me, I'm like, good for you good yeah. for you for knowing and being and confident in it. one thing that helps me is i've uh i've never really set goals like high goals like i want to win the world x amount of times i, I just when i was a kid man i just wanted to rope and right. make the nfr that was my dream you know it was never i want to win a world title you right. know it's just i want to make the nfr and i've one way more than I ever expected myself to. Yeah. And I've never had set, even after I won my first go buckle, I don't ever remember telling myself like, man, I want, you know, 10 five, more. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I want to win five go buckles. I want to win six go buckles. Like I just show up here to rope and enjoy it. And it's a blessing to be here and be able to rope with these guys and at a high level and just to make it is a blessing. So enjoy it. Yeah. If it comes down to the 10th round and you got a chance, then you want it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's when you want it. But to me, it's just show up, have fun, enjoy it. And obviously, when you make it, yes, that's the end goal is to win a gold buckle. But I've never come out here and been like, I am winning the world this year. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. Like, that is what I want. I just want to enjoy it. If it comes to the 10th round, hell yeah. I wish people, I wish people, I hope people are able to hear what you just said. Because what I hear, you know, just spiritual background, right, is that, like, if rodeoing's not the most important thing in your life, 
if it's on the list of things you enjoy, but it's not the number one thing, yeah. then it allows you to enjoy it and love it and not be devastated when it goes too bad yeah. because it, it never is as rewarding. Like if it's a number one thing in your life and you win a gold buckle, just what you said, instantly it's like, okay, I have to win another one. You never get the joy of it. Yeah. You never get to fully experience this sense of accomplishment. It's always this fear that you're going to lose it and that not pointing fingers at any one person, but we all know that guy that's miserable, 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 always upset. Things aren't going his way, always negative. And it's like, yeah. why are you doing this? Yeah, It's because it's the most important thing in his life and it's not giving back to him the way that Absolutely. he's giving to it. Oh yeah. And what you just said, I, I think should be the standard of you do it because you enjoy it and you love it. And whatever you get out of that is a bonus. Yeah. It's a reward. Riley has a year like he has in Haven, the year that he's having. And you're like, man, good for y'all. I'm just having fun roping i'm winning good out here i'm gonna go home i'm gonna retire there's a piece that you almost have to choose if you're gonna get that out of rodeo and you can't fight it you know you just everybody you come out here you're gonna have bad years you're gonna have really good years i mean everybody that's been here jess pope might be the only one that (laughs) he wins the average every year wins two hundred thousand. other than that guy (laughs) yeah but i mean really as a calf roper or you know timed event guy I mean, yeah. anything can happen. You're just like Hanchi. I mean, his horse get crippled. There's just so many things that can go wrong, and you're gonna have good years. You're gonna have bad years. Everybody has. There's not one person that's been here, you know, handful of times can say I've, you know, I just it's been so terrible or it's been so good. I mean, it's all. There's so many different things that come into play when you show up out here. Yeah. Well, was it was it '99 or 2000 that Cody Ole had that year where it's like he just couldn't, like. Oh, I don't Could know. not win a check. At 97, he wins the world. Before that, he was winning gold buckles. Or, yeah. uh, you know, 97, he wins the world. Before that, he's winning go rounds. He was Cody Ole. He Cody Ole was Cody Ole, right? Yeah. And there's one of those years where it was just like he couldn't buy a paycheck. Yeah. And Everybody that's a guy that him. went on to win 52 go rounds. Yeah. To your point, everybody is going to have the highs and lows. But you don't have to ride it emotionally to the top yeah. and to the bottom. If you know kind of like your thing, it can come and go without turning your Rodeo boat is a humbling sport <laughs> about the time you think you got it figured out you won't win nothing for Caleb, a month you can say that rodeo is a humbling <laughs> sport but it doesn't mean as much as when i say like me saying rodeo is a humbling <laughs> sport is probably a little more fair than you saying it because yeah. you got more out of it than we did yeah i mean it's just it's a blessing i you can't i, don't, I try not to take any of it for granted because what i've been blessed to do in this sport is unbelievable to me. it's unbelievable to me yeah you know yeah just sitting back to where you know looking back to when i was 18 or whatever age and i mean it's just it's an unbelievable blessing to look back on what i've accomplished and i hope that i never take any of it for granted and just i hope that i've done it right i guess where did you get that from because that is a very evolved view of life inspiring view of life to me that isn't something that somebody just lucks into. Do you, yeah. The people that shape helped shape that coming up? Yeah, I mean, I came from a great family, and then my wife's family is unbelievable. You know, so those are the people the speaking this back into yeah. you. And I had a guy tell me a long time ago, don't ever tell people how good you wrote. You know, if they want to know, tell them to watch, and they can take their own perspective. Right. And I've lived by that. I don't want to sit here and tell anybody you know watch me watch how i do this i'm good at this i'm good at that if you want to figure it out you know watch it on whatever you know watch me i don't i I don't want to sit here and persuade you that i'm good at this i won't say names (laughs) but a calf roper we've all we've all known yeah said i'm coming back i'm about to show these young boys how it's done i I remember him saying that (laughs) and going Oh, I don't know, man. Like, ah, that seems like a risky statement. And yeah. it did not go the way that yeah. he had planned. And exactly what you said, the freedom, the peace. Like, I would hope every young calf roper listens to this on a master's class of how not to let rodeo and get into you. Yeah. You're able to go rodeo. You're able to go do the things you're doing. But it's not getting in and corrupting yeah. the person that you it are. It can, man. It can mess with your mind bad. I mean, gold buckles, you know, winning, you know, what you can win out here. I mean, it'd be easy to get wrapped up in I'm the best that's ever done this. And, you know, when people tell you that, you know, everybody yeah. has their own opinion. Some people might think, you know, Cody O's the best. Some people might think Fred's the best. I mean, every, you can't put a point on he is the best to that's ever like do That's like saying, this. which is your favorite kid? Yeah. 
it's, you can't say he is the best to ever do this right. in the calf roping because there's been so many different guys that know, did it differently through different you yeah. know yep. deals i mean there's guys that won go buckles that tied them in eight you know, never even tied one in six, and now you can tie them in six, six four. one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just you can't never. Just like you asked me about the horse, you can't put a deal and say that is the best horse ever. I can, I can say that. <laughs> That's the best horse because how long he's lasted and what he's won. I'm on record. Maybe that's true about calf ropers. If somebody goes and wins 25 gold buckles, I think that would be an easy one to say he's the best, yeah. right? I will say that that is who Pockets is in the calf. Roper. I mean, I would agree that he is the best for me. There. <laughs> I mean, I'll agree with that because I want everything right. on him. If Fair I've enough. never had another horse, yeah. But I've never been one to say that he's the best. That horse is the best because I've rode a lot of good horses. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I could have won what I want on him, but I would have had a dang good chance, yeah. you know, to ride, you know, Buster. Well, or deputy, those are probably yeah. my two favorite ones that I ever rode. Well, that's a humble, honestly, that's a humble perspective that says. Pockets was best for me, but there are other horses that on their day were just as good. I think that's oh, yeah. a fair assessment. I think maybe there that's is. all we're saying is over the course of a career, yeah. nine years, what you and that horse have been able to do is special in its own way. I agree with that. It can be different other ways, but I, I, that's it's been a fun thing to watch. It's been a fun thing to do. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, he's just he's an unbelievable horse. I mean, yeah. he really is just the way he's lasted, his personality, um, what I've accomplished on him. I mean. I don't think I, I – I'm not going to say that I wouldn't have won half the stuff I won, but I wouldn't That's have fair. won a lot of what I won That's if fair. it wasn't for him. That's because fair. it's – what he can do to a calf that you really don't like is unbelievable. Have you – last question. I'll let you get out of here. I appreciate you taking the time. Is there any thought that this last span of your life you've – never, you've never been married and home, right? <laughs> You've yeah. been home before, and you've been married, but this is a whole new season of being married and now being home. Have you guys had to sit down and have this talk of, like, we're about to be seeing each other way more? Of, like, oh, yeah. Is there a game plan for how to navigate the changes? No, nah, I mean, we've talked about it, but uh, when you got three kids, I think you're ready for some help. Right. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> for my wife. Uh, I mean, I think you're ready for to eat dinner every night you know well, they're around. the age they can go with you and they can go out and go do stuff they're oh, fun yeah. to take with you and do the things you're but, doing I, I mean we've talked about it uh because i've you know this isn't nothing that i've decided in the last month it's been sure a full year i yep. think uh after last year's finals it was even after i won the world i mean that's when i know i'm done like yeah, when, when even you, that is you win enough. the world and you're thinking about should i rodeo for one more year you know yeah and that's just the kind of mind thoughts I've had about it is, right. you know, and that's just the confirmation from God that, you know, I think I'm doing the right thing. Sure. You know, and well, that is going out on top, Caleb. Because usually when you win a gold buckle, you can't wait to go to Denver yeah. and yeah. start it all over again. And they go announce you as the reigning world champion. And, and you're just, you know, you're whatever the best from that year. And you just can't wait to go again. And that's how it felt in 15. That's how it felt in 18. Yeah. And then even after the last two in 21 and 22, it's just kind of like, man, do I want to do this over again? But, Caleb, that's okay. And I'm not trying to make everything too significant or sacred or whatever, but because of how you shape this your whole career, not letting it get into you, yeah. then you don't think of yourself as being that. Like, calf roping is what you do. It's not who you are. We've always heard that, right? Yeah. But to have lived by that and held yourself to that, when it was time, you didn't have to give up your whole identity because you know there are guys that if they're going to give up their rodeo career, if they're giving up themselves, it's like committing suicide. Yeah. There's no there's no them apart from that because yeah. over the years they let it get so embedded, there's no way to distinguish. Yeah. And so by protecting that and preserving it, you actually preserved your exit ramp in a way that said... It is a rare thing to have the unbeatable guys in the same room for all that we talk. Jason, Brian, the masterminds behind Unbeatable Feeds. Greetings. Howdy, howdy. Did you see this going this way a year ago? Not at all. A year ago, nobody had ever heard of Midwest Agri Commodities. We rebranded to Unbeatable. It's amazing now everybody's heard of Unbeatable. Uh, booth traffic, folks coming by saying, hey, started my horse on this. Can't believe the, the results. It's amazing what a, what a year makes. Jason, what are you hearing from the guys that you've rodeoed with about the results they're seeing from all three of your products? Oh, it's very positive. Uh, 
it's funny, last year, like Brian said, you couldn't hardly get anybody to look at you. I mean, we sound like a tractor dealership or something, Midwest <laughs> Ag Commodities, which we're not, you know. And by rebranding and being on your podcast, social media, getting the word out there, people are trying it without, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I got guys coming up to me that have been old friends for 15, 20 years and like, hey man, I started feeding that beet pulp and that's just amazing what it does and then guys feeding the rope. The new, the new hottest thing going right at the moment besides our the blend product, the alfalfa blend is the people starting to feed their rope and steers. Yep, and The breakaway calves and the rope rope and calves just straight beet pulp pellets. It is the fountain of youth for older rope and steers. The, yeah, the results you see from it are just, it's ama- it's truly amazing. Well, and I, I never branched my whole life and, and never even crossed my mind. So I'll say this, you look at the video that Ren put out about his rope and steers, you don't, it's cool, it's cool, right? But you, do, you don't do what you guys have done in a year if you're not getting the results when people try it. And so there's a science behind it. We know it's the fiber. We know the work that you guys put in to create a product that does what it says it's going to do. Congratulations. If somebody wants to go look at the science of the Unbeatable, we've got old episodes with all the details. But uh, just want to say shout out real quick. Check it out. Unbeatable Feeds. Uh, got, the, got the pro team out here having a good week. Thank you guys for jumping on. You guys can check them out at www.unbeatablefeeds.com. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know the people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, that, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happened in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. By protecting that and preserving it, you actually preserved your exit ramp in a way that said, I want a gold buckle, and as cool as that is, that's not all of who I am. Yeah. And to be able to recognize that at its peak was years of investment into yeah. a standard that you held for yourself. And like, man, imagine imagine if guys rodeoing would, were able to do that, the healthier lives that they would have set up for themselves after the fact, yeah. instead of just giving it all back in the yeah. end. I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a tough decision when you've had success at it. It really is. And But when you pray about it and get the confirmation that I've had and just the mindset, you know, I told Trevor earlier, you know, it's – I know I'm done. I know I want to retire. And then you come out here in the first round, and there's a lot of people that know, and you miss. And I just, I remember thinking, walking out, I'm like, why am I even here? Right. Like, am I even, do I even love doing this? Do I even want to be here? Right. And I kind of just got mad and was like, listen, you rodeoed all year long. Yeah, whether I do this or was not. probably the toughest year rodeoing. I mean, I had, I didn't even have the finals made come August, and I and that's when I was fighting it too again, you know, like, should I just go home? Should I just call it good now? And then I was like, well, then it's like, oh, look, he retired because he couldn't make the finals no more. Sure. They just quit. Right. And I, that right. kind of pissed me off. So I'm like, no, I'm making it. I'm giving it all I got. And I was mad after the first round. Yeah, and you're like, here. The so even if you decide you don't want to be here, who cares? You're still here. Yeah. So why not try to make something out of it? that's what my mind thought was. And after I missed, I was like, why am I even here? Like, I should just go home. Like, my heart's not in it. I don't want to be here. I'd rather <laughs> the first be... guy ever just turned out after yeah, the first round. Like, I was that mad. <laughs> and then finally it turned over to where I was mad, like, freaking sucked. Like, that was horrible. Just, right. like, that was embarrassing. Right. And I don't want to be the guy that, like, oh, yeah, he went to the finals but didn't win anything. He right. just said, you know, screw right. it, you quit. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to give it everything I got and yeah. I'm freaking do good and i ended up winning the second round i was like finally you know maybe i'm right. supposed to be here right you know i still can't compete with these guys and time and seven and six and stuff and i just after the first round i was i was mad that's the maddest i've been in a long time <laughs> for rodeo and because i was mad at myself Gotta put yourself in that position well, right. i was mad at myself yep. for half-assing it or whatever yep. you want to call it and not wanting to be here 
or not not yeah, wanting no, to be I get here, it. but just I get it. after you miss, you not worked that to hard to put yourself in a position, yeah. and then not perform when you're there. Yeah, I worked hard all summer to make it. Was away yeah. from my family, mad at myself, you know, wanting to retire and quit, and then you actually make it here and miss the first one, and I'm like. Why am I even well, and if here? not, if it's not going to be that, you should have quit after the finals last yeah. year. But since you didn't, why not try to make yeah, the most why, of it? Why did I rodeo all year to get to this yeah. place and then just give up? Yeah. You know, so okay. And, we, but I, I'm giving it all I got, and I hope that people understand that. And those of us watching see that. Yeah. Like I can tell you, as a fan, as excited as a person, I'm excited for where you're going. I hope someday I can make a trip to Texas and just go <laughs> see, just go see. Like, all right, yeah. Now what is it? But as a fan. We're going to miss Pockets. We're going to miss Caleb. We're going to miss knowing the round's not over until you've roped. There are elements as a fan that I know yeah. we're going to miss. But at the same time, you not being there, the doors that it opens for the other guys that are coming up, you know, the, what in the world with Riley and Haven and Chad? I mean, it's like this new trilogy that's coming back from the 90s now. Like, it's going to be a fun sport to watch, even if we're going to miss your part of it. So, yeah. And I hope that I enjoy watching it as much as I enjoy you know, competing in it, you know, as a rodeo Is there a chance of that? And a calf roping fan, I think so. You know I'm hoping. A, you know who did a good job of that is Moss. Like, Moss has stayed really connected to it without yeah. having to be out there going and oh, doing yeah. Like, that guy does a good job of kind of keeping yeah. relationships and networks and stuff like that. And so, and I, I, I pray for when I watch the first round next year that I enjoy sitting there watching it. I, I, I pray for that because that's when it's going to be hard. You know, when right. you know that you don't know that you could have been there, but you feel like, you know, yeah. if I wanted to, you could I have feel been. like I could have made it again. And I just hope that I have that, you know, happiness to sit there and watch it. And I feel like I do, but I don't know. We'll are find you, out a year from now, and I just I pray for that. And Are you going to cry after the 10th no, round? No. Okay, now that you've gone on record saying no. <laughs> I'm not. I've, for I've sure. I've never cried. And I cried when I got my gold buckle in 18 for my family and because yeah. i think katie kaufman interviewed me and she was crying before i ever even got there yeah that's not but, fair that's not I mean, fair it, but, that was the roughest thing i've ever been through in my entire life after that but that's year. not a rodeo that's not a rodeo yeah. thing that's and a family thing i've been it's just that's probably the only time i ever teared up in yeah. rodeo but i've talked about retirement for years so but now I mean, you're just callous to it you're like i'm well, done and i hope because i'm happy about yeah. it you yeah. know if i was no, I depressed that. and sad about it yeah i probably would cry but I hope that when I walk out of there in the 10th round, I can do it with my head held high and know that I made the right decision. Yeah. Last, last question. Do they break the record again the last two rounds? I know that's a record that's hard to beat, but when you see what Shad did the other day and you realize yeah. like that is a that is a break-a-bull record. I'm going to say no. Probably not. Well, just statistically, yeah. Sure, that's a safe four. bet. If it's seven flat, yeah. No, yeah. six four is. There's not a lot to of say way. that they don't break it within a. I give it two years, because what we're doing with these calves. So years ago, it was the calf deal was pretty rough out here. You know, changing the climate, coming from Texas, right. a lot of sickness stuff. But we've gotten it the last five six years at a very good place. We've got good people, Lanham and Jeff have been getting the calves. Even Mundorf had them last year and just keeping them alive and keeping them strong and healthy where we can do used to. The we chances. come out here time one time and rope them breakaway once and, like, turn them yeah. loose. And that's not that's not what we need to do at the greatest rodeo you can go to. They need to be prepared more. And you we're don't getting want the that calf, this year. To your point, you don't want the calf kicking arena records yeah. out of the way. Like, if everybody should have a chance to compete. Yes. And when a calf kicks where it could have been an arena record, and that's avoidable. You can't – you'll never get – the same exact 15 calves where you can rope them every night. That's never going to happen. I don't care Even what Even if you they do. start the rodeo that way, they're going to separate by the yes. end of it anyway. You're never going to have, you know what, in this pen, a 15 in round one, it don't matter what calf you get, you got a chance to win the round. It's never going to happen. Right. But you can get them to where you have a chance. Right. You know, and there's always going to be the five or six that, yes, you're going to, you can win the round on these, and there's always going to be the five or six, seven that, are just really good you're going to win third or better if you do a good job you could win first if you do a really good job and then there's always going to be the one two or three that you know hey you just get her tied down and stay in the average you know right. kind of deal and but it is getting better to where we do have the you know hopefully you know you can have 10 or 11 in a pin that you can tie in six and sure. these guys are so fast 
they grow up in these youth rodeos, they're tying them in six at the age of 15, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just like, right. I mean, that's what they're teaching them now. When right. back in the day, we rode beef calves and tie one in 10, you're doing good and don't get run over, you know? <laughs> and right. it's, just, the, it's changing to be faster. Uh, I mean, it ain't gonna be nothing in five, six years. I hope they're tying them in, you know, five, nine or whatever, six flat, six one. You know, it's I mean, hard it's, to imagine that, but yeah. yeah, it feels like it's coming. And when they did that the other day in the whatever round, it was confirmation. It can be done. I'm done. No, <laughs> I don't need to compete with these guys. <laughs> six and four and seen. Yeah, I mean, six, it was one. like you I'm know what? Home. Great for y'all. Just six, eight, six, nine. It's plenty fast for me. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, man, they about tore the building down when there was a six, eight, ten years ago or twenty yeah, years ago. Yeah, I mean, whatever it's it just it's time coming. Yeah, yeah. It, I think. Six four is stupid fast, Who's the, and it'll last for a long time. But I, don't, I, I think it if it gets beat this week, I tell you, Shad Mayfield has got six point one on his mind. Chad Mayfield, I will, you tell me if you agree or not. Riley is Riley, and he's going to tie a lot of calves fast. Havens, yeah. Havens going to tie a lot of calves fast. As far as electric superpower, unbelievable, different kind yes. of speed, I feel like on that one, Shad might be on a league of his own. Or, or and no. Riley. Riley is retarded fast, man. If that well, and listen, that's not to take anything at all. But what I see with Shad this this week is on some bigger calves. He makes yeah. them look like smaller calves. Riley, eh, I don't know. You're right. Well, it's not, that, is, that not to take any. Hey, no, no disrespect yeah, no, to Riley. They're, speed they're at all. young, great guys, and Shad is so fast, flanking and stringing and crossing one. It get, it got in his way last night. Like he's yeah. he's trying to go six one. I mean, and that's what he's going to try tonight. Hey, as a fan, night. go for it. Yes, I want to see you. it. Because if he's Have in the average it. next year, you know, he gets down to the final rounds, he may back off a little bit. This year, yeah. where well, we got a chance to just go gas yeah. pedal. And he strings and ties so fast. I mean, when he strings one, he's stringing them before they hit the ground. And as soon as his legs hit the ground, he's crossing them. And that's where he makes up a lot of his time. And that's why people are like, that didn't even look like a 6-1. Huh. Sit down there Did and watch. To me. <laughs> just watch from when he puts yeah. his hands on the calf and strings yes. him how fast it is. Yes. And that's something that Fred Whitfield used to do the same thing. When he string, he could string and cross one so fast and place the legs, and he made up a lot of time there. But And Riley can do the same thing. Riley's so fast down the rope. And like even like last night, I wish I could just tell Riley, like, dude, if you would just slow down just, right. just a tick. Clay Turney told me that years ago when I used to rope it. I lived at his house. He, I roped. He said, why are you trying to rope him so fast? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's a time to Trying to win? Yeah. I and don't he's know. like, you are the question? fastest guy I've seen in a long time. He said, catch the neck and set it up and just go through the motions. Yeah. He said, you'll be way faster. And I see a lot of that in Riley. He's trying to go so fast. But if he would just slow down, like he was 7'7 seven, seven or something last night. At the back night. end. If he had just slowed down, he would have been 7'2". Did you see the run he made at Coeur d'Alene this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, runs him yeah, seven, to hell off something. and gone. He's 7'4", so that's the arena record. Yeah. Which, to your point, you're not going to run that guy out of the round no. almost ever. I mean, yeah. anytime, anywhere he gets it around their neck, it's yep. just silly from there. So, and these guys are fast, man. They're fun to watch. Who's? I, I said last question ten minutes ago. Final, final question. <laughs> I know you got to go. Who's the guy? Who's the next Riley coming up that maybe people wouldn't have heard of? That you being where you're at, you kind of get to hear the names oh, and people like I that. I don't know. Not like, that he's gonna be Riley, because there's only one Riley. I know uh, that. But who's man, the guy that you think has the best chance of being the next guy? I don't even know. Uh, I don't. I'm not in the youth rodeo world a whole lot. I, you're not you just know hang, me, I'm you're not just hanging out at the youth no, rodeo. Anymore. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that stuff. Uh, I just didn't know if being around there, there was somebody that had come to. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's hard. That's big shoes to fill. Oh, dude. What is he, 20? It was a stupid way to say the question because, to your point, Riley is a once in. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's making the NFR another. 15 how many ever times he wants i just i guess maybe if i could say it differently it would be do you know of anybody coming up that you look at now like clay Turney was saying about you is there anybody that you've seen that you're like dang that guy has got a, a chance to be somebody man i, I haven't i'm not around just not something enough. you pay attention to that's fair that's, that's fair and i mean i'm sure there's a lot of them out there but i'm just not around it enough to tell you that um you know people say names like people come up to me and be like have you seen this guy 
like he's the next Cody Ole or yeah. next Riley Webb, and I'm like, you can't say that. Who is that? You can't say that. Yeah, who? Who? I don't even know this kid. I've never heard of him. He's right. like, oh, he's in the 1500. Just tied one in six eight, and I'm like. I don't even – I've never heard of him, but like I said, I'm not around it. I will say growing up roping calves, I heard he's the next Cody Ole about no less than 50 people. Oh, yeah. It's it's like the favorite comparison that people have. Yeah. So. And, yeah, I don't know. But I know the ne- the that Riley Webb is the next great, yes. Riley Webb is the next Riley Webb. The, the, the next Chad. The Haven's the next Haven. I don't care what happens this year. He had an unbelievable year, but dude is – He's good. He needs to find a horse that fits him better than what he's got now. Uh, Who does? Riley. Okay. I'm listening. But that dude, because he's that good on the horses he has, but if he could find uh, pockets like I did. Uh, Yeah, once in a career type. no telling. You don't think the horse he got from Laney, is he just step free? He's a good horse. He is a good horse. Rudy. Yep. And not my style of horse. Do you feel like he's a step free? He is. But it doesn't matter because Riley's so fast and the way he ropes. I'm, if it was me riding him, I'd still be hanging in the stirrup from the fourth round into the <laughs> fifth round, you know. But he just bails off and makes it happen because he's that fast and that good. But yeah. for me, not my kind of horse. Um, and he has good horses. That Boots horse is a good horse. He rode him in, I don't know, the first or second round maybe yeah. and just got a late start. But that's more my kind remember, of horse. Do you remember the horse he had, Titus, that started moving just a little mm-hmm. bit? When that horse was straight, that felt like. Yeah. And that's he, what he rode here last year, but he couldn't get going fast enough. Right. People that come here or watch it don't understand how fast this happens and how much a good start means. Yeah. Uh, Even when to, a horse willingly leaves, they have to have the physical yes. ability to get running but fast. If you blow the barrier out here, yeah. you have a chance. If you miss the barrier one foot, good luck game over i mean it's it's that big of a difference and i've always been a big believer i'll get close to the barrier and you'll have a chance and riley webb will prove you wrong because he'll run one five (laughs) swings and go seven five and win third but it's just it's fun to watch man i hope that like i said i hope that i enjoy it just as much competing as i do when that first round comes on next year because that's uh when I leave for the summer, when everybody leaves for the summer, I'm going to be like, go have at it, bud, because yeah. that's yeah. how I felt this year. I didn't want to go, and I'm not worried about that at all. But uh, I hope I'll that- text you. I'll text you after the first <laughs> round next year and see how it went, see what the— I hope I'm in Uvalde, Texas hunting. That's right. That'll make that's it a right. lot better, but I'm, uh, I'm in a happy place. and hope I stay there. Caleb, can't tell you thank you enough for stopping by. Appreciate it. Yes, Best sir. luck on the next year. Appreciate it. Thank you.